welcome to episode 48 of the United Pubcast. First day of 2020, and I think most of us already want the year to, to finish. Um, horrible start um, against Arsenal, but we're here at Piermont Bridge Hotel, the home of the Man United Supporters Club in Sydney. We've got a full house here. Um, Adam from the committee, Brendan from the committee, Chairman Mark has returned to Australia, and also special guest Dill, a season ticket holder from Old Trafford. Um, why on earth are you here? <laughs> Welcome to see the boys in Australia. Um, just, just a three-week holiday, and uh, needed somewhere to watch the game. And that's well, place. actually, it was a decent little turnout at the pub this morning. Yep. Seven a.m. kickoff. There was probably twenty or thirty people here, I think. Um, that is about as positive as we can get. We might as well get on to the actual football. And I think before we actually start, does anyone want to jump in on the absolute circus surrounding Paul Pogba? Yeah, we just want a bit of clarity around what's going on. I mean, he came back and played two um, decent games in that uh, game against Watford. Twenty-six minutes there, he was he was, he was brilliant. And then second half against Newcastle was really really positive. And we thought everything was behind us with the whole saga, but um, seems to have flared up again. And we just don't know what's happening. Whether he's injured or whether there's something behind the scenes that uh, can't be spoken about publicly. What do you think? That's the problem with Solskjaer because I see Paul getting a lot of hate and. Personally, I don't do that, but I can understand the hate. To, I can understand the frustration towards him. Whenever I look at Solskjaer, and Solskjaer might have his hands tied with what he can says, or what he can say, but Solskjaer is bullshitting. Like, just, just tell us the truth. Like, God, just, it's got to be, got to be more, more to it, doesn't it? I mean, obviously, if he's, if he's looking for a transfer, they've got to be careful with their words, whether or yeah. not he goes in January or they, they keep him around all the way to the end of the season. So, but I look at a game against Arsenal and. He was almost the missing piece today. A player like Pogba would have just added so much more to midfield. But then, so it's 100% say play Pogba, but then you see the circus that surrounds him, you think, well, just get rid of him. Uh, and you won't find a bigger fan of Pogba than myself, but just every week there's something new. Who, who wants to sign, sign him when he, when he yeah. brings that to your, to your club? I mean, whether he goes to Real Madrid, I don't Madrid, know if it's so much Pogba PSG, or if it's Raiola that's Italy. bringing it, because Raiola's perping up in the press again. Yeah, I think... You hit the nail on the head. You said it's a circus. I mean, clear, clearly there's more to it than the football side of things. So, but there's no there's no one in the midfield that can see the runs, can they? Like Rashford made some good runs today. Martial made a couple of good runs, and the ball's just not going there. So he's our best player. Yeah, now, if he wants to go, let's get rid. It's pointless having a player that doesn't want to stay at the club. But clarity, one of you guys said it. We just need to know what's going on. And if we, if he wants to stay, we keep him and we play him every game. He is our best player. There's no other player that can do what he does. I was sat with uh, Paddy Carrera in his house having a nice glass of red wine. And actually I had a chat with him regarding Pogba. And I asked him the question. And his reply was to me that he wants to stay at United. He loves United. The problem is, is his agent. Paddy told me he's an absolute fucking asshole. Yeah. So basically, for more money, and he's ruling the roost with it, like a few of the other players at the moment. So that's the insight what I got. On a personal note, I don't think he wants to. I don't think I think he should go. Yeah. I'd love to see him stay, but since he's been there, he's done nothing. His quality, when he touches that ball, his passing, everything, his range, unbelievable. But do you think he tries? When I watch him, I sit there at the ground like this good gentleman beside me. And you see him, he's leaping around like a galah, like he's got an impala, should I say, where he's just prancing around. You think he's going to do Usain Bolt when he gets the ball? And the way he just moves, it's, 
I think that's his style. I think it's that's his style, type, I think, because he's been is. in Italy for quite a while. It's a different style of game. But the English game is so fast and furious. I, uh, think, I think when we look at his stats, um, <clears throat> certainly when Solskjaer first came in, yeah. he had the most shots, the most chances, created the most goals, yeah, the yeah, most yeah. assists. So, yeah, he doesn't look like to some that he's trying, but those stats speak for themselves. I think he just needs to settle down. We need clarity and... He, we should be building a team around him, but it just hasn't happened. I think there's a lot of internal problems with other players, uh, like Herrera, mm. there's problems with mm. that. I think the biggest problem was when Sanchez came in, yeah. Yeah. with the money that we're paying him, and then everyone's turned around and said, hang on a minute, yeah. he's done nothing, he's playing crap, etc., yeah. etc., et and uh, why should I like the hire? He must have been one of the most cheesed-off players on the team. Yeah. Player of the season for three, four seasons, and he's getting a fraction of his wage. Yeah. So I think this has caused a lot of problems. Well, I think that's one of the things, I think especially there'll be more podcasts in the coming weeks in January, the January transfer window, because you just look at our squad, just, you compare it to the best in the I world. I get a feeling he'll be gone. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure we'll hear plenty more over the coming weeks, but on the actual game, we'll try and get onto the game and flick over it as quick as possible. Um, Adam, team selection? Standard or yeah, I was disappointed that Brandon Williams wasn't in. You know, I just don't. You could see Shaw was in the first half. He just couldn't keep up, and like his decision making is just, you know, he's in there as a five. A five supposed to get forward quickly in the style of play we play, but he just can't keep up. He got caught out two or three times. So and see, I, just, I personally like Luke Shaw, but I think the performance he put in today, he doesn't do it himself any favours when you see what Brandon Williams brings to the team yeah. in terms of the way he gets forward. and Regardless of his quality when Williams gets forward, it's just that intent. Yeah. And then that intent sort of, sort of has a positive impact on the team where Luke Shaw... It's a, he's he's so scared Greenwood, to go forward. You know? I'd like to see Mason Greenwood in there as well. You know, He's done nothing wrong. The kid's a constant danger. I think Daniel James, just, Daniel James against Greenwood obviously comes in on the right now, but I think Daniel James, I remember the overriding image I have is that first game against Chelsea where he came off the bench. Yeah. I think Daniel James as a starter in a big game like that, he'll be far more dangerous coming off the bench because yeah, Greenwood's yeah. a better footballer. Totally Play yeah. Greenwood, yeah. trying to create something. Nothing happens when the game becomes stretched, which that game, as comfortable as it was for Arsenal, they gave us so much space in the second yeah. half in terms of they were yeah. pressing forward, so there was so much space to counter-attack. But um, it's when the roles reversed. Greenwood was then on, not Daniel James. So, um, yeah, yeah, team selection. I think a lot of us were a bit frustrated with that. Um, yeah, even the, you know, a 10 playing Jesse in there. What? Okay, well, oh, we'll get on to Lingard yeah. now. Because oh, personally, I like Lingard. A lot of people, um, I think, are fed up with him. Um, I, don't, I know he scored the other day or the other week in the Europa League, but he hasn't scored in the league for God knows how long. Everyone assumed he was going to now step up against Arsenal which he usually does but another flat performance yeah. so well I don't know if you guys have heard he's had some family issues yeah, recently yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. you give him a bit of slack for that but I mean, again you look at what he's achieved last year no goals no assists I like him as well but I think really come the summer if he doesn't improve I mean what we get him from him He's a, he's a yeah. homegrown lad, a nice guy, but... Well, do, do you think a player like Lingo, I mean, yeah, t- taking everything regarding his situation, do you think United could actually get rid of him? Do you see a scenario where he gets sold? In or the summer, if, if he's going to go, it'd be in the summer, but, you know, if, if he picks up second half of the season, and they may give him another 12 months after that, because we do treat our homegrown yeah. players better than maybe someone who's come in from the outside, but 
I think he's got a maximum 18 months to make his mark. Yeah. And he's 26 years old already. It's bad to talk about that, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> no, and, and you know, we still think he's a young player, but he should be hitting his peak soon. Yeah. Well, in that 10 position as well, um, having, well again, I always say I'm a fan of these players, which I am, Andreas Pereira, and I think he's had a poor season. However, over the Christmas period, did quite well. However, he's dropped for Lingard in this game. Um, do you think that's a mistake by Solskjaer? Should he have played Pereira? Yeah, I think um, Pereira deserves his place in the team today, as did Brandon Williams. I mean, Brandon Williams played a fantastic performance against Burnley on Sunday, 72 hours ago. He, he could have backed up. He's a young player. He he deserved to be rewarded for that performance. Um, it was just so different to the performance that Luke Shaw put on put in on that left side. And same with Pereira. I mean, he, um, he's been playing well for us, so why not? Uh, I, I understand squad rotation, but uh, when you've got a player in form, he deserved to be in that starting lineup. Yeah, no, I feel for Ollie there. I think we were discussing off air um, a lot of people, um, whether it be at the game or at the pub or online, look to Solskjaer as being a problem. And we'll just discuss it. It's a topic for another day in terms of where the real problems lie, and you can't sort of solely blame the manager. However, I think he doesn't help himself at times. You think. I saw the Arsenal team selection and it was just they picked their best players in their best position it was very straightforward it's what a computer would pick if you're playing a game of FIFA you play your best right winger on the right you play your best striker up front your left winger on the left where Solskjaer is almost trying to find a way to make things work rather than just I don't know yeah, we do just keep it lineup, simple don't we? we do a predicted lineup. it's never what, right we, it's never right we literally pick you know keep the same back line then we go to the midfield we sort of know what the midfield's going to be and then we look at our, you know, our 7 and 11, and that's pretty standard now, you know? It's just... Well, one it's, it's thing just... I want to touch on before we move on is, um, obviously we did lose the game 2-0, we haven't mentioned, um, but, but the two goals, and I, I don't know if we want to go through blaming anyone, but the two goals and a part of the performance I did find concerning today was the centre-halves, Lindelof and Maguire. And then, I don't think they played bad, but I think they just it highlighted certain... Um, weaknesses, especially going forward, not so much defensively, but going forward, I thought they're two players who were told are very good on the ball and comfortable and playing out from the back. And I thought whether it stemmed from De Gea, maybe a lack of confidence in De Gea at the moment, playing out from the back. But I thought Maguire and Lindelof on the ball, playing out from the back, just but I think it just, it's just it set the, I think it just set the tone for a sort of poor performance well, on the sure, ball. Sure, there was constantly two on sure, wasn't there, Arsenal? They sure would be playing in between the two players instead of playing in front. There'd be an extra player on the back, and they then even the first goal, there was like literally four on that front post. Maddox was doing nothing, so like they're supposed to be organising those midfielders to come in and defend someone, and they're not defending anyone. It's like they're just ball watching consistently. There's awareness around each other. What's yeah. going on? Uh, the yeah. concentration levels at times seem to slip. Yeah, um, yeah, they're good players, but you need to be aware of what's going on. I think what we're missing. With somebody who's vocal, someone like a good captain, or we used to have Brian yeah. Robson, Roy King. When have we had a good vocal captain? Well, that's what we were talking about Recently. before. How many captains we've had this season? Yeah. How many well. captains we've had this season? And even when you go through the squad, well, the captaincy depends on who's playing. You've actually that's, it. that's what I mean. So Maguire, we haven't got that one player that we can just social. I can just go, well, you're the captain for the season. That's it. But even in the, yeah. the later, uh, Gary Neville's. The, the uh, end of Gary Neville's career, even though he wasn't playing as much, he still was the club captain, was very, very vocal across the whole squad. Now, regardless of uh, injuries or who's playing, 
you still don't have that one player who you, you can point to and say, he's our, he's our man for the squad. He's, our, he's the bloke that they can turn to to lead the team. You, you look, look at that whole squad, 25-odd players, however many it is, and you can't pinpoint one player who you give that uh, responsibility to. But regardless of a captain or, or one person, you look back, whoever had the armband, if you look just the personality of players we had. Say, yeah. say, um, say Gary Neville yeah. wasn't captain. You had Vidic, Ferdinand, yeah. yeah. Scholes, yeah, Carrick, Ronaldo, Rooney, players like that, Edward van der Sar. Ten captains on the field almost. Yeah. And then if you look now, that type of player, do they exist in other teams? Yeah. You look at the team that we don't want to talk about their captain he doesn't do anything he doesn't say anything I don't even think he's a good player yeah. but he's their captain so I don't think you have those Byron Robson Roy Keane yeah. Vidic Ferdinand type, type but they don't exist there's a very soft narrative yeah, yeah. They, I think there's too much money and the, the actual character of um, what we of kind of call like yeah. a warrior uh, that person 100% agree with that that's where the game's going however I think it's what we need though right? it's that's what, what we need that's what right? we need it's, it's sort of what we're lacking but, but McTominay right? he's young he's fresh yeah. into the team but that guy you can see he loves you Mm. And I think you know maybe he should be the next captain. He could He's be a ten-year player and yep. hold the armband for that whole entire time easily. No, um, I don't think there's the quality of players out there on the market like you just said. There isn't. You look at who you're going to buy now. Yeah. Who would you bring in? Yeah, we'll everybody's saying the same thing. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the things we, we look to a player sort of almost on the ball what they can do. I think one of the, two of the hotly tipped players at the moment. Not that I think they'll join, but James Madison and Sancho. Great players, but in terms of what we just discussed, in terms of what we need, not they're not, they're not what we need. That midfield not for United, absolutely yeah. not. Oh, they're great not players to, and everything, but yeah. yeah, no disrespect to them, but for what we need to compete against the top, to for Champions League like your Real Madrid and all that, we don't have the depth of the quality at the moment, and we're about three seasons away from it. Yeah. I think personally, now uh, you're not going to get anyone for less than what 50, 70 million if you're lucky. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And then that opens up another can of worms. If you do go spend 50 or 70 million on a player and then the club pull the trigger on Solskjaer, you think there's a new manager. So, again, that is a debate for another day. Is there anything on the match that are any talking points of the match we missed? Do you want to, anyone want to bring up? Or? Just, uh, just no, 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 nothing really the, happened. Even the second goal. Like, but doesn't seem to there's that many players around that player that, that got, got that second goal away. And it just, it just don't seem to be. You know, that first play to the ball, and just. Even ball turnover. Like you look at the ball turnover today. How many times have we coming out of the backs and there was a shit pass to, yeah, to them? Slow. It's just way too, too slow, slow going forward. You had Rashford. I think it was Rashford. He had the space just on the left hand side of the 18 yard box. Turned back inside, and he could have just charged to the box. Turn back. Let's pass it across the back of the 18 yard box. Right. Yeah. The hunger's. I don't know. Oh, it's tough from the top. Now, at this point of the podcast, we usually give our player, our three, two, one votes for player of the season, um, which we tally up. Um, does anyone want to tip, very, very dip their toe in the water? Very difficult from my point of view. I think uh, I so many basic things. Yeah, I don't think we can give anybody that one that one award. Uh, Is there anyone worth a point? Maybe to just get the name on the board. Anyone really stand out? I thought personally, the one Bissaka try like he try, tried, try, try, try to do the right thing, but there. just like that. Like a little bit of quality, um, and he had a tough, uh, sort of a tough job in terms of. He's starting of to give points to, for players for trying, aren't you? And that's how that's how bad yeah. it's going. Like, 
So but that's the system we're in. So Give me the matches for players trying, today. don't we? You look at corners, not the quality wasn't there. When is the last time we scored a corner? That's, I've said that earlier. Yeah, it's it's so frustrating. The, the last one I can remember is Pogba's first goal when he came back. Mm. That was Mourinho's first season. That's the that's the type of uh, thing that's that should be practiced. In, like, yeah, practice. no, ballooning in. in. The ball's ballooning. Yeah. We it just don't have those... You don't want to keep going back to those plays. To, through, you know, the class of 92 and stuff like that. The way Bex and that used to put them in and... Well, they used to just drill a board in, the ball in, and you get the numbers and you meet the ball. We just don't have any movement in the box, nothing. It's it, just... Yeah. It was at the it's reunion tough. match, quickly, the, yeah. nothing the most exciting was Beckham yeah. to cross it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Left, right and centre. I remember, we've got nobody. Well, that, that was the thing. That, that, I remember no going back to that game, that treble reunion game. Everyone had a bit of a laugh, said, oh, he could still do it. But when you think about it, God. He probably could. Yeah, if you dropped five or six kilos, you'd, oh, he probably could do it in terms of quality. We were talking about this earlier, that these players, they go into work to play with the football and train. Right. Why can't they cross the ball? They should be staying. Right. If I was on here, I'd say, right, you guys are your white, you're the white players, you do extra hour every game until you right, can right. cross the ball in your yeah. sleep. Because they're paid enough, this is their job, learn how to cross the ball. And one of the problems is uh, when they're training, I mean, some of them, obviously the keepers do train separately, etc. but... When you watch it, I mean, I've been fortunate. I've been in Carrington quite a few times, and you can see glimpses of what they're all working as a unit. It's like you just said, you don't really see, did they do much on their own? Like Ronaldo used to, used to be the first one in there, the last one out. Yeah. He was practicing non-stop, and look at the, that's why he's the way he is. And you, you can see a definite, so you, play, you can see a definite progression of Ronaldo's performance. A lot of our players now, you think they have little spurts, but then they go back down. Yeah, there's yeah. no, there's not that constant progression. Um, which just hurts because the players you can see they all have the quality. You see Rashford one week to absolutely turn it on. You think, God, mm. God, if he performs like that, and Rashford's had a good season, doing very well. But um, if there's one person that deserves a rest, the team, I don't know if yeah. he needs it or not. But that's one person that maybe needs a rest. Same with De Gea. I don't know why players like Brandon Williams need to, needs yeah. to be yeah. um, rested or whatever Even you want Fred, to call like, or rotate. I don't think Fred and Madic can just play. They can't play together yeah. for a match. Fred and Maddie are definitely not no. a good combination. No. In the I don't think there's, there's a problem to, to rest the hair now and again. No. I mean, Romero is he's fantastic. fantastic. Sergio Romero. Well, I think we always say he's probably, yeah, he's we, we have a little, little, little bit of a laugh about it. He's probably the best backup goalkeeper in the world. And I think now, unbelievable. probably our next two games are cup games, if I'm correct, am I? Correct. Romero, you think, might start two games in a row, maybe. He would be number one at a number of clubs. And he's, all, he's there, he's consistent, so yeah. So this would have been ideal to put Romero into this game, and then you perhaps could have put the Gea in against um, Wolves or Man City, you know, if need be. Well, we'll touch on, because I don't want to talk, talk about the Arsenal match anymore, we'll just quickly move on then, before we wrap up to the... Is it Wolves first in the FA Cup, then City? Correct. Yeah, so... Um, Wolves away in the FA Cup, God, when that draw came out, I think everyone had a feeling of doom and gloom, but... Um, Wolves imagine Wolves. That player for the Wolves, Traore, Traore he, he's fantastic. He's in good form, playing on that right side. So our left back, that highlights the need for a quality yeah. left, um, left yeah, back performance against him because he is on fire at the moment. Um, how do you think Solskjaer goes full strength in both games, or do you think he prioritises one and then he still he looks to the league, or do, how do you think he goes over the next? 
Yeah, you can guarantee Williams and that will be back in. Yeah, he'll be playing guarantee some of the younger ones. The younger ones, ones will be back in again. They haven't let him down, those boys. Well, what game do you think is yeah. more important to him, the FA Cup against Wolves or Man City in the semi final? Uh, Man well, City, which are close to yeah. winning a trophy, yeah. um, and it's them, so you don't want to get smashed by any team, especially some of those And I think City, given their situation, I think City will probably go full strength. Yeah. I think um, they've almost thrown the league away now, so I think that is a good, good chance for them. So City will be tough. However, I can wipe the floor with them the other week. Um, yeah, so a couple of tough games coming up over the next couple of weeks. Um, there'll obviously be a lot more podcasters um, coming up regarding the January transfer window. I'm sure there'll be a lack of business, which frustrates everyone. So there'll be a lot to talk about. Um, also, a few of you on Facebook and Twitter might have seen, we did a podcast with Mark Bosnich. Um, really good chat. We'll, that'll come out on Monday the 13th of January. Um, talked about his time at United, how he signed for the club, why he left the first time, how he came back the second time, and obviously how he left the second time. Um, and he also talked about sort of the state of Australian football, um, how he thinks it's going and everything. So it was a really good chat, a really interesting chat. I think for any Australian football fan, um, it's sort of an important chat because obviously the only Australian to ever go and play for Man United and obviously win the Premier League and the Club World Cup at the time, which yeah, had a few good stories about. So hopefully you enjoy that podcast. Um, thank you all for the support. Um, episode 48 this is, so closing in on 50 episodes. Um, if you follow us on United Pubcast on all the social media, so Facebook, etc., Twitter, and on all your podcast apps, we've just found it's Adam just showed us that it's on podcast apps that we didn't even know about. So whatever podcast app, um, keep up the sport, subscribe and all that good stuff. Um, Adam, Brendan, good to have Mark and Dill back in the country with us for a little bit. Um, really good chat, a little bit of therapy post Arsenal. Um, 2020 off to a good start. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks everyone and see you again next week. Cheers.